0: Okay, so we're on the bottom of 39B, Laman Tess Summit Bays. Good morning, Michael. Okay. We're the Good morning. So we're on the bottom of 39B, two lines from the bottom. So we mentioned that when a person um, assaults a woman, uh, he has to drink from the cup that he chose meaning that he has to face up to the results of his actions. And uh, the cup that he chose, by initiating a relationship with this woman against her will, so she now has the option to force him to marry her. Now, he may not want to spend the rest of his life married to this woman, but uh, that's what he chose. That's the cup that he chose. This is an expression... um, I guess that uh, the actual word, uh, atzitzo, an atzitz is like a planter, like an earthenware planter that you put plants in. And um, it could have dirt in it, or it could be a clean earthenware planter that you choose to drink out of. In this case, if he ended up choosing to drink, meaning that he chose to uh, initiate this relationship with this woman, then if he gets dirt, that's what he chose. Omalay Ra Prezin Vashi Mikti. he has a question. So there's two cases. One is where uh, he coerced her, where she wasn't willing, And the other case is where she was willing, uh, where he seduced her. And there's a difference. We only force him to marry her, uh, where he coerced her, but uh, where he forced her, but not where she was seduced. So Mikti, let's see. Migmar Gumar mahadari. the penalty amounts are the same. And we learn one from the other. Uh, we, we really shouldn't have taken advantage even if she went along with it. So if they're the same, why don't we force him to marry her in that case too? Why don't we compare them completely? If we're learning one from the other, let's learn this halacha as well, that we force him to marry her. So, let's learn this halacha also. So, Omar Kra, the Pasuk says, "No, it says that he will pay the dowry to her where he seduced her, but it says midaito. Uh, it implies there that they, there is a choice involved. There he could choose not to marry her. Kate says, so what's an example? Amr of Kahana, Amr three lines from the top. I said this over in front of Rizvid Mardoi, naisi ese losase. Why don't we say, so in the end of the Mishnah, we said that we force him to marry her if he the marriage would be kosher, meaning that she was somebody who a Jewish person's allowed to marry. But what if she's a mamzeris uh, or she's a divorcee and he's a kohen? So then we wouldn't force him to marry her. Uh, we wouldn't allow the marriage. Certain marriages aren't supposed to be. So the more has a question, well, why, why don't we say the positive command that he has to make her whole again, that he has to take her... Uh, has to marry her, pushes away the fact that she's not totally eligible to marry. Let's say, a positive command pushes a negative command. The answer is, when do we say, that a positive pushes a negative? There's a mitzvah to give a bris mila to cut off a certain part of a male's body at the, uh, on the eighth day. Now, sometimes, there's also, uh, sometimes a person has a plague on their body, and they're tempted to just cut off the plague and pretend they're pure. So today we know if you do that, it's going to grow back anyways. It doesn't always make sense to just cut off. <laughs> but uh, so the Torah says you're not allowed, you can't ignore a plague. You can't just cut off the plague. That's a lav. But what happens if on his foreskin there's a piece of plague, so maybe you should say you're not allowed to do the bris. But we say no. The positive command of the bris, um, the mila pushes off the tzeras. Um So here also, maybe the positive command of him marrying this woman should push off the fact that she's chai uh, ve'laben, that she's a marriage that he's not eligible to stay married to. So the Morris says, Avulha cha'i amr mi mi klau. This command to marry her isn't, if she doesn't want to marry him, he won't even have that mitzvah. So it's, a, it's not a direct command, it's, um, it's only if she wants, and so therefore, um, we uh, don't push him to marry her if, the, if she's really not eligible, the two of them are not eligible to be married. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, we just started. We're at the top of Mem, Amadala, 40a. Uh, now we're at the Mishnah. Um, we were just explaining the final halakha of the Mishnah. Good morning, Richard. Uh, which the Mishnah said that uh, this person that uh, coerced the woman is, is, is has required to marry her, but that's only if the two are allowed to be married. But if she's a mamzeris or if she's other, some other reason that they're not allowed to be married, then it's not a mitzvah. The Morris says, well, why don't we say the mitzvah pushes off the Aveira? And the Morris says, this kind of mitzvah is not such a blanket mitzvah. In fact, if she doesn't want to marry him, there's not going to be a mitzvah at all. Okay, let's see the Mishnah. Yisoma, we actually had this before. Uh, either an orphan or a woman who was engaged and then divorced. It's actually a young woman. Um, and... Um, The trick here is that the difference in this case is that usually when a woman is assaulted and she's a young girl, the money goes to her father. Her father has to marry her off, and the father is looking after her needs. So the money would go to him. Uh, But in these two cases, the money would typically go to her. She doesn't have a father. She's an orphan. Or um, she was engaged, which means now if she was fully married, uh, then uh, she wouldn't be a basula. But no, she was only engaged and then divorced. So Lozer says, "Own is chayv. In this case, uh, if he assaults her, he's chayv. But again, the money would go to her. Baham But if he coerces her... So in this case, um, in the case where she has a father, so even if she was seduced, the father is not forgiving of the seducer of the money. The father still has to make the wedding. The father still has to marry her off. The father... Uh, still um, was cheated in the dowry of this young woman. And so, over his dead body, he's going to go after that guy with the shotgun. He's not forgiving the uh, kanas. Whereas, if she's an orphan, or she's not in the father's house, and she willingly has relations with this guy, in effect, she's forgiving uh, the, uh, any kind of penalty because she willingly has relations with him. O'ma rabba Reloza Bashitis rabba this um, teaching goes like Revi Kiva. We actually quoted this debate earlier, uh, when the, uh, whether the money uh, would change to her or not. And Revi Kiva says that she does have... The real question is, all of these cases are talking about a single woman who had never been married. And so it's kind of funny when she was half-married, she was engaged and then divorced. So there was a dispute about that. So we're saying we're going like Rav Kibre that no, even though she was married, uh, the kanas no, still applies, but she gets to keep it. And how do we know that from the Mishnah? Mediktani Yisoma. Because it's similar to, it's, uh, to the, we see from the case of the orphan, Lazar says, that if he, co- if he forced her, so he's got to pay the penalty, but if she went along with it, then she's pater So, it's obvious there's no father in that picture by the case of the orphan. Ella, there's no one to, in the case, there's two people that possibly are owed money over here. Either the father that has to marry her off and is responsible for her expenses, or she's responsible for her own expenses. In the case of an orphan, she clearly has no father. And if she chooses to be promiscuous, that's her choice. Uh, whereas, um, uh, in in a case where a person has a father, even if the woman chooses that, that's not the father's choice. He didn't. Uh, he's the he's the adult, and he never gave permission for somebody to be promiscuous with his daughter. But the ke It's coming to teach us that a young woman that was engaged and then divorced is similar to an orphan. She's similar to an orphan in that her father no longer speaks for her. Because marriage, uh, once she's engaged, that takes her out of the house. And just like an orphan, the, any kind of monies would go directly to her. So, too, this young woman who was engaged and then she got divorced, the monies would go to her. How do we hold like Rabbi uh, Eliezer? This uh, opinion that we're quoting here. Uh, how do we know that we hold like Rebbe Lazar? Kari Rava Lada Tuvne He was called the wisest of the sages. He was he was a sharp um, you know, all sages are amazing, but Rebbe Eliezer, uh, he was called the wise one. Uh, Rashi brings a little bit of the story here. Uh Rashi, he was like the greatest of them. Asher, uh, the word Ashrei says tuva, means like the best. Rehlozer, who rehlozer ben Shemua, Talmud Revi Kiva. I mean, it says in Yevamus, the world was desolate. Ad shubo Revi Kiva, senesheram vishan olam Yehuda, rov ben Shemua. This is the student of Revi Kiva. Now, once we know that, by the way, it makes sense that he said that um, uh, he was going in Revi Kiva because that, that was, he was the student of Revi Kiva. Okay. New Mishnah. Uh, So until now, uh, we've been talking about the fine that a uh, a person pays, and that the Torah gives the amount. But we've said that the fine is separate from um, uh, the other uh, other, um, amounts of money, the damages that he's done. Damages was the word I was looking for. In other words, a, a person assaults a woman, there's all kinds of damages he would pay. When we say, for example that if the woman is older, he doesn't pay the penalty, but he still has to pay all the damages. It's just this kness. Specifically, the Torah puts a penalty on a, a, a woman who's a nara, and it only mentions that stage. But there's all kinds of other um, damages that will be paid, and one of them was called boshas. Uh, now, this is a tough one. Uh, you have to pay uh, for embarrassment. You've, you've caused this woman to be embarrassed and uh, you have to pay her for that. So how do you figure that out? How much is that? So is a kolafia hamisbaish. So um, it all depends uh, on who the recipient of the embarrassment, um, uh, who the uh, who's doing the embarrassment, bhamisbaish, and who's receiving it. There's there's two factors here um, as far as how embarrassing it is. Pagam—that's uh, one kind of uh, damages—is this this embarrassment, and it depends on the person's social status and also the status of the one uh, that did it to her. Pagam—it's uh, um, how about um, the um, Rashi says an interesting thing, like if it's a very hush of a person who coerces her, if it's like a great person, a movie star, then it's uh, less damage than if a, uh, 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 a bum or somebody did it, or it just depends on the, the situation, but it's not, you have to take both sides into uh, evaluating. Well, how do you view the pagam? Pagam means that this woman uh, on the marriage market is going to be harder to marry off, bring in less of a dowry. So literally, pagam means that she, we've cheapened her value. She's, she's going to be worth less, uh, worth less as a marriage candidate. So how do you do that? So the Mishnah says, Roy no so, key so there's a, a common metaphor that uh, many times, um, it's with humans too, that we look at their slave value. That measures, we can't me- measure their inside value. That nobody can do, but we can measure their slave value. So you look at her if she was a maidservant who was sold in the marketplace. How much was she worth before she was assaulted and how much is she worth now? Okay, so that's how you value the, uh, the, the loss of value. So again, there's the, the, uh, the shame and the suffering and then there's the loss of value. And then finally the kanas. Kanas, shav, everybody pays the same amount. The koshi, esh, lo, kitzvah, Anytime the Torah gives you a set amount, so everybody's going to be equal in that. Uh, so the Morris says, how do we know that there's all these other payments uh, besides the penalty? Maybe if you pay the penalty, that covers everything. Maybe that he once he pays that fifty again, that's big bucks. You could buy um, that's a whole flock of sheep, right? It's, you know, fifty sloyim. So how do you know that that doesn't cover everything? So Mordechai Omar. what do you? Uh, he says like this. Uh, if you want to say that this covers other expenses, it's one thing if it's a penalty, fine, everybody has to pay the same penalty. But if this has to do uh, with uh, the embarrassment, if a person had relations with a princess, do you want to say her embarrassment is 50, a regular person is 50? So obviously if it's dealing with the embarrassment and the degradation, the higher a person's status, the more the degradation, and, and this wouldn't make sense. But Aba'i says you could say the same thing. when uh, There's a halakha when you, the servants, um, the servants uh, often had to work with the animals, and sometimes uh, a servant would get killed by an animal, and it would be the owner's... Responsibility, and there's a penalty you have to pay if your ox gores a servant. Let's see, Rashi, Gavi Eved. The Torah gives it a set amount. If you, your animal harms a servant, you've got to pay the 30. So why don't you say, why don't we value the person who got injured? Yom, are you going to say, Eved, noke, Margolius? if it's a servant who's a diamond cutter? In the old days, that was the brain surgeon. If you could cut diamonds, that was a huge skill. So if your if you're ox gored a diamond cutter, you're going to tell me you pay shloshin, evid osa and if it's a servant who just does the needle as we turn the page. He's in the shmata business. You want to tell me that's also the same value? You see that you, in certain things, they, there's got to be a set value. You can't distinguish. But before we turn the page, I want to do... Uh, actually, I want to do a Tosus, but the Tosus is on the next page. We'll have to wait for it. We'll come back for it. Okay. It's, there's a, unusual. There's a Tosus out of place. A- every now and then, the non-Jewish printers got mixed up on where to put the Tosus. Um, not so often, but there's one over here. But hopefully, we'll, I'll remember to come back. Okay, as we turn the page. Um, so Ella. So what do we see from here? Ella Omar of Ilu Ba He has the following question. So again, we're talking about the different amounts owed for the person who made the assault. First is the shame and the pain and suffering, and then is the uh, the loss. Um, uh, and uh, the question was: Are we equ- are we making it equal? A uh, person of very high status to a person of low status? That was the question. And then we said, similarly, by a servant. Uh, There's a difference between the value of the servant, between the diamond cutter servant and the uh, the tailor servant. Let's say two people assaulted a woman. One in the usual way. Actually, we're going to see what the Gemara means is the other way around. The first one assaulted the woman, but not in the usual place, meaning that she's still a basula. And the second one assaulted her in the regular place. So they're both going to have to pay. So, are you going to say, well, one of them took away her basulim, so he should pay more? Yomar Bol Shleim Chamishim. How much is his penalty? He's got to pay the whole flock, the whole 50 coins. Bol Paguma, whereas the other one, uh, he had relations with a woman who already had relations once, even though uh, they weren't in the usual place. Would he pay the same? Uh, But what do we say? We say it's all equal. In other words, at the end of the day, We don't want to be in the business of trying to figure out nuance in uh, embarrassment. Would you say the same thing? If you have a strong servant, a healthy servant, 30. If it's a servant whose limbs are falling off, also would be 30. So we're confused here. Um, Our question, our proof that there were other expenses... Um, Again, let's go back to the original question. We said in the Torah that the uh, assaulter pays a set amount, and the Mishnah says that's separate from the other damages. And the proof was that the other damages vary greatly from person to person. And so from the fact that it's a set amount, you see that it's separate from the damages. But the Gemara's point is that doesn't prove anything. Sometimes the Torah has to make a set amount uh, with what we call low plugs, because otherwise you go nuts. You can't always figure, you can't, you, you can't, um, you're going to sit there all day long trying to figure out how embarrassed is this one, and how embarrassed was that one, and how much more damage. You see that the Torah needs to assign the number. So that doesn't prove uh, that it, it doesn't include all the damages. So how do we know it doesn't? So this we actually had in a previous Gemara, these damages only cover the assault, but it doesn't cover the other damages. It implies that this money is in place of the assault. That implies that there's both Shibagam. Rava he has a different explanation. He says, The one that lies with her gives to her father. He pays the 50 silver. That's for the benefit which he took. He enjoyed a benefit of having relations with a Basula, and so that's what he has to pay for. But that's for what he took that wasn't rightfully his. But, the, but that implies that he, in addition, will have to pay for both The Ema Lidide, and how do we know it goes to her dad? Maybe it should go to her. The Nareha bezavia. it mentions the house of her father, when she's at that age, Laavia goes to her dad. How do we know that if the daughter brings in wages, it goes to her father. It technically, if the father wants, he could sell his daughter as a maidservant. My ama, my, just like if she was a maidservant, whatever work she does goes to her master. Before the father sells her, the daughter, it goes... Uh, also, whatever money the daughter brings in goes to her father who's taking care of her. So, Lamar says, to, why don't we learn out from that other pastor, uh, we seem to have two sources that it goes to the dad. So, Lamar said, the second source, that maybe is dealing with the fact that the dad is responsible for her promises. She can't sign and make a commitment uh, without the father having a veto power. The key tema now of you now, well, if the father has veto power over vows, so why don't we learn that he gets all their monies? The so Morris says we don 't typically learn monetary cases from uh, forbidden cases, in other words, from the vows. The key tema now is well, why don 't we learn from the fact that the father gets the penalty monies? The so Morris says, no, mama lo we don 't learn one from the other, and so then if that 's true, how do we know that the father is entitled, uh, how do we know that the father's entitled to the uh, penalty money? As Numara said, it's logical. The, e-boy, the, the father, if he would want to, uh, could marry her off to whoever he likes. Uh, she would, the father could technically marry her off to somebody who's, who she'll be embarrassed to marry, and that's still the father's right. And so since that's uh, still the father's right, now that somebody took that away, uh, chose to uh, have her in a marriage, the, the, have her assaulted in a, in a way that it insults her, uh, that's also, the, that loss, the, the loss of money belongs to the father. In other words, let's say the candidate to marry her isn't so worthy, but he's offering much more money. Technically, the father could take it to marry off the daughter. Okay. Now, before we go, Victor, I wanted to go back to that tosus, which I promised, uh, on Ahmed Aleph. It's a fascinating tosus. You'll see why in a second. We often spend a lot of time figuring out the Gemara. uh, Because the Gemara, we know that they wouldn't bother recording it unless it was Torah and had great wisdom in it. And they were very specific, typically, how they wrote it. So we said a case where the first person assaulted her in the usual way, and then the second one did it in the unusual way. Now, were that the case, uh, then after she was assaulted in the usual way, she's really not a virgin at all anymore. And then the second assault typically wouldn't change, um, uh, wouldn't face that penalty for taking away her, her uh, basula. So that sounded very strange uh, it, so let's go back to that tosas on Ahmed Aleph, uh, a second from the bottom, shaloka, shaloka darka He says, really, the case is the other way around. She was assaulted the first time, but she, it, the person didn't go all the way in the usual place. And so she still was somewhat of a virgin. And so that's why the second assault also is going to pay. So it should have mentioned first shaloka darka, uh, he says sometimes when it lists the order it's not specific to do it in the right order it's like it says whether he had intent or any intent it should have said it the other way around first if, if he doesn't have intent uh, when the Gemara says like yes and no occasionally it won't do it in the order that we would choose it to be, is what he's saying, that sometimes we choose an easier way to read even though technically for the halacha we're looking at uh, we, we would have said it a little different it's just an interesting idea because a lot of time we have a kasha on the way the Gemara says it, Tosa says it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's common like that sometimes okay, back to the Gemara in the middle of the page so we said, uh, you have to pay for her loss of stature, uh, her loss of value. And we said, we look at her like she's a maidservant that's sold. Hey, how do you figure that out? You see, when people sell maidservants, how much are they willing to pay for a virgin maidservant or a, a, a woman who's not a virgin? the deserfams. The more says, Mine, if you're hiring a maid, you don't really care if she's a virgin or not. There's no difference. Well, what about if you're, you have a good manservant and you're looking for a, a woman to marry him? So how much more would you be willing to pay to give him a virgin than to give him a non-virgin? So the said said, my what's the difference? I mean, he has to take whoever you give him. So the said, said, b'ebed, she'esh lo'raba, koresh ruach ha'imanu. He's a really good servant, and you want to reward him. And so you would assume that he would want a better catch. He would prefer a woman who's a virgin uh, than another one. And so, and since he's a good worker, you try to reward him. So how much more would a master typically pay for the virgin woman to marry to this life? Okay, new Mishnah. This Mishnah should sound somewhat familiar. We've had parts of it before. Um, We talked about the father, a certain stage called Nara, where the father uh, the penalty is assessed, uh, besides everything else, and there's also the laws of when a father can marry off his daughter as a maidservant, so call Malkum She the age where the father's allowed to sell her off that 's only when she's young. You typically wouldn't sell an adult woman as a maidservant, first of all, you could be putting her in an immoral situation, and she 's also old enough to make her own decisions. She was typically sold as a minor. And uh, that was in order to get money so that she could be married later and there'd be a mitzvah for the master to marry her. So that's when she's young. If the sale would apply, ain't kanas, that's not where kanas applies. The If she's old enough, the kanas applies, ain't mechar, she's too old to be sold. Katana, as we explained, a young woman, she could be sold, ain't lo kanas, but the penalty doesn't apply. Nara, a young uh, medium-stage woman, yesh lo kanas, she does have penalty, but she's too old to be sold when she's already older She's too. she can't sell her and there's no separate penalty let's see the Gemara Amish is going like Remare, that there's no penalty if somebody assaults a young woman, a katana, a minor they say there would be the special penalty for assaulting a minor, a young a katana just like there's a penalty for assaulting a young woman. How katana If she's uh, from one day old until she reaches puberty. Mechler, she's old enough to be sold, Knas. Uh, before puberty there's no penalty. Once she has the pubic hairs until they're more fully grown in, Knas, there is penalty, but she's too old to be sold, Divere Meer. Whenever she's old enough to be sold, um, young enough to be sold, ain't kanas, she's too young for the penalty. The kol makam Sheish kanas, whenever the penalty applies, then she's too old to be sold. They said, no, One from three years uh, and old, she'll have penalty. Now here, kanas only applies to three years, because uh, either uh, the basulim grow back less than three, or that's just not called having relations. She doesn't have the parts before she's three years old. Canas in So the Gemara says, do you mean only a penalty and not say, oh, I thought you could sell a minor. The Gemara says, af kanas ma This opinion would hold that uh, a young uh, katana, a minor, could be sold or uh, would have penalty. So what's this machlokus about over here? between The big part of the debate is whether the kanas applies to only to a woman at the Nara stage or even to a woman at the Katana, uh, uh, the minor stage. So the more said, What's the reason of her Meir That it only applies to a Nara Amokavalosi Elisha, the Mahave Atzwa Kasa Um It says that we ask the woman if she wants to marry the assault woman. We're talking about where she's old enough, uh, where she's marrying herself off. That's only at the Nara stage. In other words, the Kanas the, 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 the that the Torah is speaking about is where we're dealing with a woman who could is at a stage where she could make the decision to marry him so we see we're talking about a nara for ah, that's a good point how did the rabbi, came nara fi katana mashma he says no the word nara young woman includes a, a, a very young woman even a katana shamar papa braid that's the, the place where he lived azu he told this in front of shivashi amra you learned that teaching on that Ananaha, we learned that teaching about the Nara on the following halacha. So again, the, the real question is of nuance and understanding the Torah. When the Torah uses that word Nara, young woman, does that include a katana, a very young one? Or is it very specific to that middle stage where she reached puberty until, it's the, the, until she's at full puberty? um uh the following teaching. Hamotzi Shemra. Somebody gets married, and uh, he then says that the woman who he married had fooled around on him before she got married. That's called, and it turns out he lied. So we take him and we whoop him, and he also has a penalty; uh, he can't divorce her. That's called motzi shemra. So what happens if he married a, a minor and had motzi shemra? So the first view is puter shenamr nasal avyanara nara moli di barakasof. The 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 uh, that pasuk implies that she uh, it applies only at the nara stage a full nara. Maskeir time in the nara it's because it spelled it out nara if it hadn't said that I would have said uh, uh, katana a minor vaksiv im emes hayo lo nimsa if it's true what the husband said that this woman uh, wasn't a virgin vahotzi es nara you. And she fooled around and she committed adultery. You take this woman out to her father's house. And it's a shame to her father because she lived at home and she fooled around at home, but and she's stoned over there. But Katana, if we're talking about a minor, La Basonchini, you don't stone a minor, you don't stone a child. A child is not held liable for actions. Basin doesn't punish a child. So clearly, uh, over here by Motzi shemra, we're not talking about a minor, Elakan Nara. Uh, here it means a young woman. How come? Malcolm Shinem But the word, if it's missing the hay, then Afil Ketana Bamashma. Then it could even be a young woman. So, um, uh, coming back to our original question, the Torah says there's a penalty for, uh, 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 in addition to all the other damages, to the one that assaults a Nara. And the question was does the word Nara, young woman, uh, include katana a very young woman? And there are some cases in the Torah where it does. So our question was here. And we tried to bring a proof from Motzi Shemra, and we said over there it's different, because over there we're talking about punishment, and you never punish a very young woman. So. But uh, sometimes it uses an extra hey in the word nara, and the, so the extra hey uh, would come to include, uh, and sometimes it doesn't. And so that was the, uh, uh, the final argument that we were discussing here. Okay, we'll stop here at the Mishnah. Have a great day. And hope to be back in person uh, tomorrow morning, or even tonight for the 9 o'clock. All the best. Yeah. Yeah.